Welcome to Make It Plain from Make Plain Jesus Ministries featuring Pastor James Bryan, where we take biblical truths in everyday situations and break them down to be as plain as possible. So stay tuned and enjoy the broadcast. Well, welcome everybody to this episode of Make It Plain. As always, we are so excited that you're joining us. And, and in this time that we're coming together, we want to make sure that we're going to give something to you that will uplift you, that would help you in your day-to-day life so that you can live it abundantly. And so today's episode is going to be wonderful because I have a surprise for you, but I'm going to wait about five or 10 seconds before I tell you what it is. Now, for those who are tuning in for the first time, um, I want to say welcome, especially to you. Um, no matter where your background is or, or where what you've listened to, this would be a blessing for you. And it doesn't even matter whether you've gone to church at all or regularly. It's, it's not about that. We're, we're really, from a Christian perspective, trying to give you things that will help you live your life and live it more abundantly. And so as you listen to other episodes, maybe, you'll find that the topics vary. But today we have something that I think will really hit home for a lot of people. And so I'm gonna encourage you because I know it's gonna be great to make sure that even after you listen to this, that you share it with as many people as possible because I think it will be a blessing to them and the way that they live their life. And so today in this episode, we're gonna talk about the topic, trusting the Lord through suffering. Trust in the Lord through suffering. And I have a wonderful special guest that I believe the Lord brought us together because I didn't know her beforehand, but all of a sudden her profile showed up um, and I reached out to her and she graciously said, yes, I would love to be uh, as part of the podcast. And, and I think she is raring to go and she's gonna just share some things from her heart that are, are wonderful. And so I'm gonna introduce you now to Darcy Steiner, and I want you to say hello to Darcy. I know I can't hear you. I know I'm just joking with you, but Darcy, I want you to take a quick minute and just introduce yourself and and just greet the audience. Oh, thank you so much, James. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to share. Um, so I am a Colorado native. Um, I've been married to be 30 years this December Congratulations. Uh, to my amazing husband, Mark. I call him remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> good for you, good for you. And I have two adult daughters and I have a new grandbaby. Congratulations. Thank you. She She's actually nine months old, but still new. Right. Um, so my husband and I go over weekly and we get to help take care of Riley Joy, and she is a joy. Good. And so that's a new fun thing for us in our life. Good. And I'm sure she will keep you joyous because she'll be full of energy and activity, and I know you're going to love that. Oh, my gosh. It's, It's like it's different than when we raised our children because, you know, we only see her weekly. So we see this jump of a change <laughs> from week to week. And it's like, she can wave this week, you right, know? And, right. <laughs> uh, so it's just kind of fun to be in this stage and be able to, to pour into this little girl. And Good. she pours into us, you I'm know, sure. she doesn't even know it, but she I'm does. Sure. 
And so with that, um, you have a, a, I'm gonna call it wonderful, fantastic story, but I know at times it wasn't wonderful and you still had to get through it. And, and, and I know you share some of this in your book and we'll talk about that later, but you know, I want you to tell a bit about your story, your background, and, and in the midst of your before, during, and after discussion, just tell me about or tell us about where you were in your relationship with God, if there was one at any point in time, and, and how did you handle all of that through everything that you were experiencing? Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to the year uh, maybe some of the listeners are, weren't even born yet, but we're going to go back a ways. We'll go back to 1999. Okay. And um, so my kids were five, newly five and two and a half. And I, it was before Christmas and we wanted to listen to Christmas music. So the, of course the music was upstairs and uh, I was used to doing things really fast you know, you're a mom, you're, you're like in, in, uh, just, you're just always moving fast. Right. So I ran up the stairs and got the CD and was running back down and I slipped on a piece of paper mm. and I started tumbling down the stairs. And by the time I reached the bottom where the baby gate was, I hurtled over the baby gate. Wow. The baby gate stayed intact. Yes, they should make a new uh, game in the Olympics because <laughs> I don't know how this happened, but right. it did. And um, what ended up happening was I crashed into a wall and then it flipped me and I face planted into the ground. Wow. wow. So this injured my back. Yeah. Um, so all I could do was just kind of lay there and my five-year-old came up to me above me and she said, mommy, are you okay? And I answered, yes, Jenny, I'll be fine. You, you don't want to worry your kids, you know? Mm -hmm. My little two and a half year old just came and plopped down beside me. And I think she sensed something right. was wrong. I wasn't getting up. Mommy wasn't running around. Wow. Mommy was laying on the ground and um, so they were very young and I was young. I was 35 and um, what ended up happening was I spent more and more time in bed because of this injury and actually became bedridden for wow. two years. Oh my goodness. And then in a wheelchair for two and a half more years. In addition to the two years, it was another two and a half years after? That I was in a wheelchair. Wow. Mm -hmm. wow. So my kids spent several years watching me be disabled and fight for my life. Um, I'll go a little, I'll delve a little deeper into what happened during the two years I was bedridden. Sure. Uh, I lost a lot of weight because when you're in pain, you don't eat. At least I didn't. I think most people, when we feel sick, you know, we're hurting. We just, we're not hungry. Right. And when you add months to that and then years to that, you lose weight. So I was at a critical weight where my doctor was very concerned that if I kept losing weight, I was going to lose my life. Mm -hmm. So 
there was that. And then also, in addition to my back pain, I had already had fibromyalgia. Oh, my. And uh, so I had muscle pain. And then I developed a nerve pain disorder called complex regional pain syndrome. Okay. I'm not... It's a pretty, you've not heard of it? No. Okay. Yeah. Let me explain a little bit what that is. So it's, it's nerve pain where even the a simple touch to your skin just drives you over in pain. Like it is just so painful. So I could not be touched. Wow. And when you have little kids, yeah. you know, and I'm a young wife and my, my husband right. and my kids could not touch me hardly. Wow. So, now, so, so that means that you could not even give him a hug. You couldn't do any of that, could you? No. Wow. What, what I could do, so when my daughters would fall asleep and they weren't moving and trying to jump on me, um, I would lay next to them. So I, we'd have them fall asleep on the bed so I could be near them. And then I'd cuddle up next to them mm. so that we could have that. Or if they were going to be still watching a movie, they'd lay in the recliner next to me. Mm-hmm. And I would just endure the pain to be close to them. So we still interacted. They would climb onto the bed mm-hmm. and I would endure some of the pain of that movement, that kind of thing. But um, they brought up their little animals and we would play animals, you right. know, on the right. bed and we'd play I Spy. I remember playing I Spy a lot. <laughs> Making up games and singing songs and my kids would color on the bed and so there was still interaction. It was just different. And um, so if I could, what, so how was your husband dealing with all this? That's a great question. It was hard on him. And we, we were leaders in our church. Um, we had significant roles and we have both served in the full-time ministry. Okay. So we were, trying to help a lot of people and we could no longer do that Mm. because he was, he had to focus on still supporting us. And now he had mommy responsibilities as well as daddy responsibilities. So thankfully, and I think God had planned this. He knew ahead. Um, Mark had been let go from a, a corporate job. And so he began his own business about a few weeks, only a few weeks prior. Wow. And so he had his own business. Okay. And uh, so he would work with the kids playing in the basement, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'd come up and check on me and bring me food or water. And, you know, my kids adapted pretty well. Good, good. They, uh, the kids are adaptable. Um, and so they didn't really know a different household they didn't know that this was really abnormal mm-hmm. because they were so young you know we don't know that this isn't how life is supposed to be right so they were happy you know um and but yeah mark there was a point where he was facing having to do life without his wife mm. 
and raising these two kids by himself. And he began to gain some weight and grow a beard, which was really different for him because he's a runner. He still runs at 61. Wow. Okay. Every few days. And he's very fit and he doesn't grow beards, but you know, and that's fine. It's just, it was just different for him. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was depressed and Something that we both right now, he's actually doing some podcasts because he's having people come to him and ask him, what's it like to be a caregiver? Okay. And how do you deal with the suffering that you have? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people don't pay attention to the caregiver. They look at me and they're like, oh gosh, you can't walk, you're suffering. But to Mark, they don't realize his life has been transformed. It's changed from what he thought, you know, right. and he has to deal with this. So, yeah, it was a struggle with our faith, um, having been leaders in the church and now not having responsibility and feeling kind of worthless, feeling kind of useless. And so, uh, and so that, that brings me to the, um, the, the next part of this, I'm sure you'll get into it also, but mm -hmm. so did you begin to ask God, like what's going on mm -hmm. um, and briefly tell me that, then I'll let you keep going with the rest of the story. No, it's, it's a great question, but I asked God, I said, why would you give me two kids and then not allow me to raise them? I asked that repeatedly mm -hmm. and I had this other feeling like, I don't want to be here. I don't know how I can go through another day. Mm. I don't know how I can get through another day. It was so painful, James. It was just not even day by day. It was moment by moment, wow. getting through moment by moment. And when you do that day after day, I prayed for God to take me, mm. Mm. you know, but I, I have this young family, and so I had dichotomous feelings, and I also begged him, please don't take me. <laughs> so I depended on the day. Right. I depended on the hour. Uh, my prayers changed a lot because my emotions changed a lot. And I was also going through depression because I wanted nothing more than to interact with my family, and I felt like God took away the very thing that I desired the most. And isn't he supposed to give us good gifts? You know, if he's a good God, doesn't he give us good things? So I really wrestled with that. And especially too, with my responsibilities being removed from the church, I felt like our ministry was going well. So why? There was just a lot of whys. And I was very confused. And I still believed in God. However, you know, something good that happened in my relationship with God during that time was because I wasn't doing, I learned more about being. Mm. I learned more to be than do. And God gives us faith to believe, right? Right. And so we can do that. And I didn't realize how much I had added the do's to the bees. So I was doing this for that person and that for that person. And 
I didn't mean to have my faith wrapped up around the dues, but I did. Yeah, yeah. And laying there in bed, I realized faith is much more simple than I've ever made it out to be. Right. It's simple belief, and it's all God requires. It's much more simple than than I thought. And so all these things stripped away, you know, anybody can believe. Mm -hmm. And so that included me when I couldn't even lift myself or make it to the bathroom or reach to the side of the bed to get a pencil. Mm -hmm. My brother calls this pencil faith because, <laughs> yeah, because I couldn't reach for even a pencil. So I realized, but God still gave me the ability to know him and love him and believe in him, right? So my brother calls it pencil faith. That's, That's and I realized that I would I had to be instead of do. And I still believed in him okay. and loved him. So so let's take a moment and think about so. You've given us some of the ideas of the challenges you went through. Just tell me briefly about what a day in the life would have been for you during that phase of time. What was it like during that time period? Like from the time you woke up to the time you went to bed, was it just pain? Was it you wrestling with emotions? Was it, I want to do stuff? I mean, I'm sure it's all of those, but just give a little description what that was like uh, mm -hmm. before you go further. Mm-hmm. I was in our bedroom, which was upstairs in a small bedroom, and I had a window that was by the bed that I was able to look out. For two years, I felt like I was in a prison. Wow. And I had, I was very active before this, so I was in need. There were days where I was thirsty and I couldn't reach for the water bottle next to me. You learn to do without a lot of things. It was severe pain from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. And even during the night, I couldn't sleep. You know, I was on a ton of medications. I was addicted to Oxycontin. Oh, wow. And Xanax. I was addicted to both. That was not good. So I had, you know, these, these addictions and I couldn't help it because I needed more pain medication. And, you know, there was a way that I got out of that um, later down the road, but my heart just ached to be with my family. And you know, I dealt with having to use a commode by the bed. Right. I lost my sense of self-worth. Yeah. And yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to, to do things because I'm very, I'm very motivated. Right. Right. And so I wanted to participate. So it was, it was dealing with the inability to even get my water bottle for myself. So, so how did you get, well, maybe not past, but through that time period, what, what came next then? And, 
Tell us about that motivation pushing you further a bit more. It was motivation. That's a great way to reframe it or to frame it. I previously to the fall had applied to a nutrition program to get my master's degree because I just enjoyed nutrition and I wanted to learn more about it. So I had a stack of nutrition books on my desk that I wasn't able to get to for a couple of years because the pain was so intense. Uh, but by the third year, um, I was able to sit up in bed for about five minutes at first. And during those five minutes, I would read and I read a paragraph at a time. And I came across this nutrition protein shake and I asked my husband to make it. And it was one of the only things that I could eat that, that I enjoyed. And through that, I learned that that drinking calories is easier than eating them. So I started drinking this daily. I looked forward to it. And it's what helped me not lose more weight. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And the amino acids, which I love talking about amino acids, um, you know, but the amino acids went to my brain, helped my mood, which enabled me to lessen you know, my depression medication. Wow, that's good. Yeah. And so after days of doing this, I I got stronger. And in fact, there was one day I was sitting up downstairs. We had gotten a stair glide. Okay, yes. So I was able to go down the stairs and I was sitting at the table and my little daughter, she's about five, we were playing together at the table and she looked at my hand and saw this muscle between my thumb and my forefinger, that this was a bulge now instead of an indentation, instead of like a crater. And she said, mommy, you're getting better. <laughs> and so she saw this tiny little muscle that she had obviously noticed before when we played that it, it wasn't crater-like, there was a bulge now. And I had started getting some muscle mass back Good. because I was exercising. I was very motivated. I was exercising with one pound weights. Oh, okay. That's so great. I started very small, but was motivated to get better at this point for my family mm -hmm. and beg God, you know, I have a little bit of improvement here. Please carry me through to the next step. Mm -hmm. And the next step was pool therapy. Hmm. Okay. My husband brought me to pool therapy twice a week, and that's where I learned to walk again. In the pool, so um, yep. you would so you would have some assistance getting in, and and then yep. she would walk you through and tell you to walk, and it worked. I had to be retrained how to walk hmm. because your brain forgets after a couple years, and that first step, I will always remember it as if it was yesterday. It was one of the best feelings in my life, putting one foot in front of the other. We take walking for granted. Yes. Oh my goodness. Just, if you're listening, please thank God for the ability to walk. Yes, yes. Because when you can't, you don't realize all the things that, that happen for you, that you can go get something or go walk to the bathroom or 
you know, have your own independence or just go for a walk and enjoy nature. Like that is a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It definitely is. And a lot, there are a lot of things like that, that um, we often don't think about and neglect it and say, well, I don't want to do this or do that. I I talk to my wife often. And um, just as a quick aside, when I go to any kind of um, establishment, whether it's a supermarket or shopping center or what have you, I always see people pull into the handicapped parking spots and they're not handicapped, right? And I always said, I won't do that. The reason is I thank God that I can actually walk. And mm-hmm. so I don't mind walking the extra distance because one, it wasn't reserved for me. So I don't want to take advantage of that. But two, I'm thanking God that I can. Um, there are other things that I have to get better at remembering and appreciating. And I think we all do. And so mm-hmm. the point that you're making there is, is very um, profound. Yeah, it's, it's things that you never think about. You know, like, I'll be honest, right now I'm losing hair. Um, I don't know why. Okay. We're trying to figure out why I'm losing hair, but I was never so really. For those that are listening, I can't tell. She looks like her hair is fine. So, <laughs> Well, I, am lo- I have less hair than I had a couple months ago. And we're trying to figure out why I'm losing hair. But I was never really grateful for my hair. Mm. And now I'm like, wow. I never thanked God once for my hair, but, you know, having hair is something to be grateful for. We just take God for granted so much, all the gifts that he's given us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we just, you know, thank him for the simplest of things. Right, right. Yes. And And the part that you said a little bit ago about learning to be instead of wrapping it around doing. That's yeah. profound. And I hope everyone who is listening heard her talk about that. I think that's something that we all need to make sure that we take in our everyday life because we are so active in so many different things. Um, but we think that because we're doing it, then we're doing everything we're supposed to do as far as being a good person, but more importantly, being a good Christian. And so it's really that being is, is so important that we need to really grasp that um, going forward. I hope you've enjoyed this week's Make It Plain podcast. Join us again next week for the next part of the discussion.